Hey, welcome to the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett. He is the head odds maker at BavadaSportsbook.com, the great Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, um, I know you're a big Grease fan, but when Huge. you heard the news of Olivia Newton-John, uh, what song is your go-to Olivia Newton-John song? For me, oh it's not Grease. <laughs> my go-to Olivia Newton-John. I mean, there's so many to choose from, Seth, being the massive Olivia Newton-John fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost got her name right there, so you can tell that I'm, I'm clearly just... Was, was, it, yeah. was he big? I mean, you're a little younger than me. She was massive in the late 70s, early 80s, and you know, I was seven, eight, nine years old, and she was a rock star. Listen, I Gr- Greece is great, and I think uh, you know. In my younger, wilder times, I even uh, took a chance of some of those songs on some karaoke nights uh, in Montreal. You're not a big but, Xanadu uh, guy, are you? I'm not a huge Xanadu guy. I, d- I don't want to front for the listeners, but uh, yeah, it's uh, fact facts only here, folks. I'm a massive. Um, uh, I like that song, Magic. Okay, that's that's okay. my that's my Olivia Newton-John jam. You have to believe we are mad. Uh, yes, the great Olivia Newton-John. Uh, meanwhile, another legend is uh, talking about walking away from tennis, uh, the great Serena Williams. This week, there was an essay that she wrote. She didn't say she was retiring. I think Twitter jumped the gun on that. Uh, but it looks like you know a, a passing of the torch. What I always wonder is, do people you know bet with their heart, not with their head? I wouldn't put a penny on her for the Open this year. Um, I don't care who's in it. She's she's not going to win it. I'm not a believer in all of a sudden, you know, she just goes on this magic run. Uh, it would be a great story, but, you know, John Elway, she's not. No, exactly. And uh, yeah, I think she called it an evolution, Seth, not a retirement per right. se. Those were her exact words. But, uh, you know, what you, you mentioned people betting with their heart. And I mean, it, it's kind of a lazy parallel, but it immediately came to mind. And maybe because they're both at that part of their careers where you know, I, I guess Tigers won maybe a little bit more recently. But yeah, that, that's kind of, you know, if I was to think of a single individual athlete where uh, any major tennis tournament, especially that she participates in, and we see this parallels with Tiger Woods, uh, we always have a liability on Serena Williams, even if she's going off at 25 to one at Wimbledon or whatever the case in the upcoming U.S. Open as well. You know, her, her odds are, are up there as well. She's not expected to win, but she is someone that betters, at least with Bavada anyways, have consistently backed because of how good she is, because of uh, the longevity of her career, because she is, obviously, this is uh, not not telling the tall tales, as Norm MacDonald would say, the greatest female tennis player of all time. Um, Yeah, she, she's just an incredible player to back. So she is someone that whenever she is participating, at least in those futures outright markets, maybe not always in head-to-heads, but in those futures markets, we have always had a liability on Serena Williams. And again, I think that speaks to something that you see in women's tennis that, you know, obviously she's incredible, but she also, no one plays that long in women's tennis. The average, you know, 
uh, length of, you know, someone's height in women's tennis is maybe, you know, three to five years in terms of just them being dominant. They usually, you know, kind of crap out by the time they hit their late 20s. And and that's that. It's the younger generation that comes in real quick. The fact that she was able to do what she's done for as long as she has, she is 40 right now, which again, insane for women's tennis. You almost never see that. It's not like the men where Djokovic, Nadal, uh, Federer have all been around for, you know, most of my life, it seems, playing and still playing at very high levels. So uh, it, it makes sense that she gets that attention. It makes sense because also, you know, she is an American player. Bavada primarily serves, uh, you know, a lot of U.S. players as a good deal of our business. But uh, yeah, uh, what an incredible run for her. Uh, it would be a nice story for her to kind of go out on top. But uh, the odds certainly don't expect that. No, there's no secret about it. And they, look, she, she's an icon. She's an absolute icon. Um, she's up there with Jordan. Uh, she's up there with Tiger. I mean, yep. there's the, Wayne Gretzky. I mean, that that's that's the level of which she should be uh, acknowledged. And um, I don't think I'm putting her down when I'm saying uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put a penny on on her. Um, before we get to the NFL preseason, uh, Kevin Durant has basically put given the. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets an ultimatum. It's so weird. I've seen interviews with Kevin Durant. He seems like such a nice, easy, <laughs> like like devil may care kind of person. And then mm-hmm. these reports come in that he's making demands and he's doing all these things. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't doesn't add together. But uh, nonetheless, um, how does this change futures? And obviously, if the Nets wind up trading him to Miami or wherever, uh, that changes everything too. Yeah, so uh, once again, Seth, uh, and this is the kind of position we find ourselves in every summer. Uh, no, no days off at Bavada, even if the games aren't being played. Uh, I've got, uh, you know, listeners can't see this, but I'm holding up my phone right now because we've got the dialed-in notifications from Shams, from any watch bombs that are potentially coming in. Just because, uh, you know, what will happen with Kevin Durant, whether he stays, just just staying is impactful to this futures market board right now. But obviously, if he ends up being dealt somewhere else, you know, that'll be massive as well. Um, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, as of this recording, are currently 16 to 1 to win the NBA Finals. But uh, if he stays, that probably boosts them back to around 10, maybe even a little bit lower. Uh, and obviously, if he goes elsewhere, you know, those odds just totally explode. And, you know, we're talking about the Nets as maybe an also ran in the East next year. So, uh, yeah, it's what a curious career he's had between, you know, his play on the court and his burner accounts off the court. Um, he's a very. Uh, I like the guy for who he is as a basketball player, but he's a bizarre individual. And um, it is, uh, you know, when somebody is that good, but so eclectic, that's kind of a nicer word to be used. We'll, we'll call him eclectic. Um, it, it is a bit tricky to try and project uh, what's going to be happening going forward. Uh, as it currently stands, though, compared to other NBA off seasons, though, uh, and looking at our futures board right now, I'm kind of pleased with what the team has been able to do so far and that we don't have any crazy liabilities on any of these teams based on free agency signings or trades. So it seems like this Kevin Durant one is the next one that we're really going to need to thread the needle on and make sure that we're all on top of it for when that news inevitably does or doesn't happen if he stays put. But uh, yeah, what a, what another interesting saga, you know, that it doesn't matter if games are being played these days, Seth, whether it's NBA or NFL, uh, the off season appears to be just as entertaining. If so, even in a perverse way. Well, the interesting part, you know, uh, about it, uh, watch him with uh, David Letterman. You know, David Letterman has that next that Netflix show, uh, My Next Guest or whatever. Yes. And he, like he does. He did an hour with 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 Kevin Durant. They played shuffleboard together. Okay. I, he, he seems like the nicest 
like easy go lucky happy go lucky guy uh has everything in life you know <laughs> they asked well, him about his dating life it, like never once would you say like well if i'm gonna win it has to be my way or the highway like you know him or me like it, it just it doesn't sound like him and so yeah. what i'm wondering is is how is his message getting twisted when it goes to these reporters and then it goes on social media I'm not reading Shams's article. <laughs> I saw his tweets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It, it, from it, from it, which account did you very, see his tweets? Yeah, right. <laughs> but 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 the but the idea that it has to come from that it, it, it's just it's weird. Listen, uh, I think we're going to have to have Kevin Durant on the show to explain himself. That's the only way that, uh, you know, listen, if he's doing Letterman, I think he'll do the Bavada at Ots uh, podcast. So uh, we'll reach out to his people and have him clear it up. Well, well welcome, that- Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. And he, he just goes, he goes, uh, 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 I'm only doing the interview with Morrow. He's like, Everett's there, I'm out. <laughs> Everett's there, I'm out. Imagine? <laughs> yeah, doesn't turn his camera on. You know, it's he'll, he'll actually do it under the guise of one of his alternate yeah. uh, ghost Twitter accounts. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, which, which I listen, I, I would take that. That would be that would that could be compelling. Did I ever <laughs> tell you the Peyton Manning story? Uh, no, Peyton Manning when he played a trick on me. Oh, okay, okay. I I, I might have heard this one, but it's a good one for the listeners. The, so uh, the so um, I, I for 15 years I did a charity event with Eli Manning. And yeah. for one year, I want to say it was 2013, um, I got asked to go out to Denver for a week. Uh, my old station uh, asked me to go out there. Now, they had asked me to host every once in a while, and I did it remotely mm-hmm. you know, from here. And this time, it was the first week of Broncos camp. And you say, well, why, why am I filling in on the first week of Broncos camp? It was because the regular host, his daughter, was a freshman at Colorado State University. And Go so Rams. he, yeah. So he says, I, I don't care that it's the first week I'm taking off. I'm, I'm taking my kid to college. And so they said, you know, you, you, they, we need you to fill in, but we need you to fill in here because four of the shows are going to be live from Broncos headquarters, you know, the mm-hmm. training camp. So I was like, Oh my God, free trip to Denver. I'm, I'm totally in How great will this be? And I tell a mutual friend of my, me and Eli. Eli finds out that I'm doing this and tells Peyton. I don't know any of that. <laughs> I get my credential. So I go into the Broncos headquarters and there's like two people there from the office. You know, I covered this team 20 years ago. So, you know, most of the people have moved on, you know, and uh, I go in and I say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm filling in for the, this, this week. Um, you know, so they give me a, a credential, and instead of a printed credential, it's drawn on with a sharpie. Okay. So my name is huge. At least it wasn't crayon. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's on there, so meaning you could see it from far away. You could see my giant, you know, name Seth Everett is is written in like this thick sharpie. And so we go to the practice. I do the show, and now Peyton Manning is going to address the media at the podium. So I go in there and I'm sitting there with my dunk doofy uh, credential and he, the, the name is massive. Yeah. And Peyton Manning walks out to the podium. This is his first media comments of the season. Mm-hmm. And he looks up and it's live on NFL Network. It's all all this stuff. And he looks at me and goes, I'm not talking if he's here. <laughs> 
And I go, well, what? Yeah. What? Huh? Where? Why? And I and, and Peter King, you know, from NBC, he comes yeah, yeah. over and he goes, what did you do? I go, Not, nothing. And like he claims it's 45 seconds. I think it's an hour and a half. But yeah. He walks over <laughs> to me and he shakes my hand and he goes, Eli, put me up to that. Uh, OK, OK, OK. <laughs> So you yeah, know what that that that's, that it's my great Peyton Manning story. Before the Manning cast last year, which uh, you know, if you don't like the Manning cast, there's something wrong with you. Uh, I had no idea that Eli had that much personality to him that he could be a pretty funny guy. And you know, I I think he kind of got overshadowed by you know. Listen, oh, Peyton did the SNL stuff. Uh, Peyton, yeah, yeah. Uh, has been you know known as the more outgoing brother. But uh, yeah, seeing the two of them uh, and how oh, they play hysterical. with each other on Manning Cast, and they're uh, such good guys. They're so funny. Um, yeah, it's 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 great. It, it, yeah, it, they they are hysterical. Yeah, um, my great Eli. I mean, there's a bunch of them for Eli, but Eli's done my Sports with Friends podcast a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, one time uh, we were coming up on episode 100, mm-hmm. and we're at the charity event, and he agrees. You know, er, 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 he at the time he we, you know we we don't do the event anymore, but but uh, when we did, he would do the podcast. Uh, to promote the the charity. And so we're sitting there and I, I said to him, um, you know, we're coming up on episode 100. I said, what I can do is post somebody else for 99 and then this will be episode 100. And he looks at me right deadpan and just goes, I had a shitty year. I'll be 99. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> like, holds, <laughs> holds himself accountable. Uh, I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yep. You know, didn't rest on the laurels of two Super Bowls and his friendship with the great Seth Everett. No, yep. he he didn't deserve 100 for your show, and he knew it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other Eli Manning stories. One time we saw Eli Manning at a local uh, uh, restaurant here. We were with the families, and um, he he walks over like he's going to, like to the restroom or something, mm-hmm. and he pokes his head at our table, and he leans in and he whispers and he goes. Tony Romo's going into broadcasting? And I go, yeah. I go, you heard that? He goes, thank God I'm still playing. (laughs) And look at him now. Uh, You know, yeah, yeah, we still, still, (laughs) Romo in the booth. I think he's the highest paid color guy in the NFL right now. And Uh, this is all before. blown up. Um, Right. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I was. It's always hit and miss when the former players uh, try and go into media after that. Some of them yes. can absol- absolutely nail it, but some oh. of them are just, you know, pretty blase. And we're not going to name names here because this is uh, a positivity podcast. But uh, no, it, it's very cool to see how that worked out. Totally. Uh, yeah. Man- Manning's first year in Denver. That was that was sad for me because uh, the same thing we're doing now. We're, we're policing the free agency board. But when Manning signed with the Broncos, that offseason came out of nowhere. It wasn't expected. I had a 50 to 1 uh, Broncos Super Bowl ticket, and he had to wait all the way to year two to win the Super Bowl with the Broncos. So yep. Pat Morrow uh, screwed again, but uh, we simply keep firing folks. Totally. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there, the, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a, such an expansive, um, this is how we went on this tangent. Kevin Durant would 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 demand that I'm not here, and that's that's the Peyton Manning. That's that's where we went to, in in, in that world. Um, all right, we have dilly dallied long enough. It is the full week one of the National Football League. Um, are there intriguing matchups? How, how does this work for you? 
it's all uh, terrible. It's all terrible. But, it's, it's, but if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you are betting on it because uh, you know a lot of these games are going to get bet as much as real impactful major league baseball games are going to be happening alongside of it. So well, and it's all spread uh, out. You know, there's a couple yeah. of games on Thursday. There's five games on Friday. There's yeah. a bunch of games on I think seven games on Saturday and a couple one game on Sunday even. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, and you know these games. You are watch really... this all weekend, then it, it, uh, the apocalypse is behind us. It, it's summer, folks. I mean, it's one thing to bet it, but bet it and forget it. Uh, don't stick around unless you're trying to snag something in game. In which case, more power to you. Because, like I've said in the past, these in game odds can totally break apart on us because we can't model this stuff like a real football game. And you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum with MLB spring training before. Uh, these aren't real games. The players don't know the score. Uh, you're going to have three or four different sets of players on each team coming in. Uh, you know, some are fighting for jobs, some are fighting for relevancy, some are just trying to get their reps in, some are just trying to, you know, go out there once and avoid injury. Uh, so what you're really trying to project in these games is, do you think the Giants are better than the Patriots? Absolutely not. You're, you know, who's going to play the most for the Giants? What are the Giants trying to get out of this game? What are the Patriots trying to get out of this game? And, uh, and really kind of go from there. So it's uh, it, it's super difficult for us to handicap because we just can't we we can't take the some of the Giants parts and some of the Patriots parts to say the Giants are two point betters are two or sorry, two points better than the New England Patriots. But uh, that is the spread uh, on Thursday night for that game. Uh, the Titans are three and a half dogs. In this one, no major positions in any of these games yet. But I, I will say leading up to last uh, Thursday's Hall of Fame game we did see uh, a good chunk of Raiders money come in in 24 hours leading up to it. And all that was Seth was uh, the players getting a better idea of how the Raiders were going to use their players in that game. And for how long, uh, you know, the second string of the Raiders played really, really well in that game. You know, the Jaguars are pretty crap. They didn't play Trevor Lawrence. They didn't play uh, Etienne uh, at running back as well. So the Jaguars didn't even send really anybody of impact uh, the first string out there. So that that is really how you have to attack these preseason games if you are uh, looking to try and find some value in them. Now, if you're just trying to bet these recreationally, uh, again, uh, it could be fun, but watching the games itself, uh, you know, it, it's not good football out there, but there's definitely an angle to attack, so I get it. But uh, uh, what's what's our biggest position of the week right now? Uh, Jets, Eagles right now, over 35 and a half has more money than anything else in the book right now. Uh, that did open at 33 and 33 and a half. So it has been pushed up all the way to 35 and a half now. So if you think those two and a half points make a world of difference, maybe you want to stay away. But otherwise, it's still kind of early days for what folks are betting. Again, I, I usually expect by Wednesday, Thursday, this picks up as players betting into this. Well, the better idea of how these teams are going to try and attack these games. The largest line is three and a half points um, for any of these games. And it's like four or five times. Um, because well, you don't even know who's playing in these games. No, and and a cool thing you'll see. Uh, what what I mean by that is, it's not the starters. Yeah. This is week yeah. one. The starters yeah. maybe play a series. A cool thing you'll see with these NFL X games as well, Seth, is a lot of spreads under three, uh, which is less common, um, in regular season games, and that is because you'll see a lot of these end game scenarios where teams will go for two point conversions at the end because nobody wants to play overtime in preseason NFL. So you get some kind of wonky scores sometimes because. Teams are not trying to tie it up in the NFL preseason. They're trying to execute plays. They're trying to score. They're trying to make stops. But nobody wants, you know, this is meaningless football. And none of these teams are trying to play extra meaningless football. So that is something to keep in mind, whether you're betting pre-match 
or in-game that, uh, you know, a lot of these teams aren't going to be trying to tie it up late. So be mindful of that when you're looking at those handicaps and over-unders that you're going to see, as a result, a lot of possessions that'll be maybe six-point and eight-point possessions at the end, not those traditional sevens and threes, just because of what teams are trying to do, or more to the point, maybe what they're trying to avoid. All right. Uh, like, I think you had the phrase of the day, uh, bet it and forget it. Um, <laughs> it's it, week one of the NFL preseason. And like I said, I I, I didn't want to go on a rant. I just want to have some, have some fun on the show, but my goodness, uh, you know, these preseason matchups are rough. Um, all right. This week, you know, I know, I know Bavada has a, a massive following in terms of political uh, uh, politics and uh, political politics. Huh? I, I political do like odds. my political politics, political odds. Um, I'm leaving that in. I don't care. Um, That's good. The the uh, the story this week, uh, President Trump, former President Trump, had his uh, house raided out there in uh, in Boca, Boca Raton, uh, Florida. And um, the talk about it from the Justice Department is uh, I think even if he's charged, I, I, don't, I don't know all the rules, but if he committed any kind of a crime, even if it's a misdemeanor, he cannot run for public office. So the only reason why I'm bringing this up on that on this podcast is wasn't he the front runner for the Republicans for 2024? And if he isn't the front runner, does something like this change it again? Whatever, you know, if you think this is a a, a political witch hunt and you are you are somebody who's a big Trump supporter. The fact of the matter is, is that if he's found to have done committed any crime, he can't be on the ballot. It's a non-starter. The odds have to be different, don't they? Yes. So we do have some slight movements, Seth. And yeah, as you noted, uh, you know, whatever your politics, folks, uh, we are in the business of making money both as betters and as odds makers at Bavada. So we are merely, merely interested in uh, what the updated expectations are for any of your bets, whether it's Democratic nominee or who will be uh, the next Republican nominee in 2024. And for the first time, since Trump lost in 2020, uh, we have a new favorite, and it is Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, where this raid uh, took place. He has overtook Trump. He is now plus 265 at Bavada. Trump is now plus 285. And again, this is the first time Trump has been the underdog. And part of that, it, it was really wild last night. I was telling you before that uh, you know a phone was blowing up that they raided Mar-a-Lago, Mar and you know, I consistently have to remind myself in 2022 not to be... Uh, not to be surprised by anything anymore. You know, former president's homes raided. You know, that's something I thought surely would never happen. Uh, Roe v. Wade got overturned. I thought that was something that surely would never happen. Uh, and I just have to learn to expect the unexpected. And, you know, I'm an odds maker. I should. I should be looking out for black swan events uh, all the time, but maybe not as frequently. But uh, yeah, so so that's where we're at now. DeSantis is the ever so slight favorite as, uh, you know, depending on what comes of this raid uh, at Mar-a-Lago? Uh, did they find anything? Will he be charged with anything? Again, that is, if he doesn't run, th these are all in bets. Um, if Trump doesn't run for the Republican nominee, uh, it, it's not a void, it's not run. a no action. Or, 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 can't, or, 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 or can't run. It, it, exactly. Th these aren't voids. These aren't no actions. This is why we post these odds so far in advance. It's like we do, we post Kentucky Derby odds a year in advance with 50 right. different horses. And that's part of the gamble that far out. You can end up getting the horse that's going to be the favorite on Derby Day a year out at 50 to one. But that is the risk you take because that horse may not be competing. And Donald Trump may not be that horse for the Republicans uh, come 2024. But we'll we'll have to see what exactly uh, 
they they found in there. I personally, I thought he had uh, KFC's original uh, recipe uh, hidden in his vault. And, hidden you know, hidden in the vault there. Yeah, that's the I national mean, secret. So th- th- this was nuts. Um, I was yeah, I was laughing thinking about when he had. I think it was Clemson to uh, the White House, and it was McDonald's and Chick Fil A, everything else. That, Wendy's, I think as well. I don't want to leave anybody out, but uh, <laughs> yeah. A bank While this fitting. was happening, by the way, I was driving my wife's car, right? Mm. And uh, it's a, a white SUV. And yep. um, we were driving on a road. We were maybe less than a mile from our house. Okay. And we noticed a bunch of police cars. And I was driving on the road and I'm in the left lane. I need to go to the right lane, but I let the car pass me you know, who's going on the right lane because I need to go to the right so I can pull into our, our little town, you know, our our, our, our street. Mm-hmm. And as I go to hit my right signal to go right, a police car behind me turns on his lights and his siren mm-hmm. to pull me over. Oh, I'm like, what did I do? Like, what, I haven't been pulled over in years. I was like, I was freaked out. It turns out that someone driving a white SUV uh, left a gas station without paying for gas. Ooh. And they called the police and they were searching for this white SUV. So they wanted to know where we were coming from and what we were doing. And it turns out the suspect was by themselves. So since we had two people in the car, you know, we were we were in. I was wigged out the lights, the everything they had. They, they had a body cam on it. It was the whole thing. I was just. It was in the wrong wrong place, and I all I said to my wife was, "Boy, if we had taken my car with it, none of this would have happened." Jeez, Louise. Well, that's kind of exciting, though. <laughs> it was exciting. It was freaky. It was freaky. All right, uh, as we leave you, uh, I, I, we will we will be there next week for week two. We'll get closer to the U.S. Open. We'll get into college football. Much, much more to come, and uh, uh, Patrick will reveal all his uh, uh, Olivia Newton John catalog. Uh, yeah, yes. send me your spotify list would you so i'll, I'll belt out a couple uh, chords next week there we go <laughs> we'll see you next week folks